I say, vote 2020, upgrade Let's America. Let's get democracy a shot. You know Rock gon' win it. Upgrade America, vote 2020. Donate the camera and Rock, we need the money. The money campaign to keep the music coming. Yeah. What's up, world? This is Cameron Ra, official 2020 presidential candidate. So don't forget to donate to the campaign, please. We are officially running the race here with CJ the Day Slayer, and today we're talking about big tech. And this cam boots is about to make me burp, and I'm gonna have to edit this. <laughs> okay, there we go. So, um, yeah, there's been a lot of antitrust in the, in the past. I believe there's like the Sherman Act, and I don't recall there's another one, but they really aren't modeled to handle what's going on in technology today. So that's why, like, um, a few Democrats are really pushing for breaking up big tech. Um, I do believe there's even a Republican. Um, is it Rubio? <clears throat> I don't recall, but the politicians are starting to see that um, tech is becoming really, really huge, and they they want to break it up and also apply some regulations to it. Mm-hmm. Um, as a techie, I'm big into tech and also studying future tech. I, I do believe there is a need for uh, regulating technology, particularly in the sense of artificial intelligence, which is scheduled to take over like what 40% of American jobs by 2030. Yeah, that's both blue collar and white collar as well. Yeah. And, the, the second part is like uh, quantum computers like you know you got a password on your phone gotcha. and it could be like four digits, six digits and it deals with encryptions and, and on our standard computers it'd be a little bit difficult to crack those, however with a quantum computer you can bypass that encryption like it's nothing, so they compared wow. the, the creation of the quantum computer almost to a nuclear arms race because Dang. things of like uh, digital security, it's, they can just run through them like it's nothing. Now, while that's one side of the spectrum, they also want to big, uh, break up big tech because of privacy issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Microsoft was targeted for a breakup at the moment. Uh, Google was also targeted, but now the, the main attraction seems to be Facebook. Mm. You uh, you have any background on uh, information on that? Yeah, I got a couple quick stats. Uh, Google, by contrast, has ninety two percent of worldwide search market. Okay. Facebook has seventy percent of the social media market, and Amazon has thirty percent, thirty eight percent of the e commerce market. Thirty eight percent, you said. That's actually a pretty big. Um, it's a pretty big slice of of the pie. So I found out a fun fact about Amazon. And okay. they, they described Jeff Bezos as like a real gangster on some real like a godfather type move, right? So there's this company, I believe it was called like Quiddos or Quidcos or something like that. They were specializing in diapers. And yes. they had a deal with diapers and pretty much their whole business model was formulated around diapers and that was going to be their thing. So I guess um, an associate from Amazon met with these company's um, executives and they're pretty much like, yo, you guys are gonna sell us the diapers, and, and that's that. And they're like, nah, they didn't wanna sell. So what Amazon did is they actually cut their prices just to compete with them. And when that company cut their prices, they cut theirs even more. And they did the numbers, and they actually said that Amazon was standing to lose over $100 million, but they were still gonna keep doing that price battle until they caved in and they finally caved in and decided to sell those diapers to Amazon. But that's an example of them being so huge that they're threatening the, um, I don't want to say the mom and pops, but the the competition, people who are trying to emerge in the e-commerce industry is like Amazon is onslaught. 
But what are your thoughts? Like, considering that we're we're all about capitalism and we preach this, this is our bread and butter. But are there, are there faults in the, the capitalist system? Like, I think, and I'm not an economic major, but mm-hmm. I think you can do, and it's gonna sound oxymoronic, but I think you can do more sustainable, ethical capitalism. Um, I think I think if ah man like for instance I'll give you an example like Tom's right the shoemaker Mm -hmm. not the toothpaste but I think the toothpaste does something like but Tom's you know every pair of shoes you buy they give it to like somewhere wherever they manufacture them and they give them to people who need shoes okay to me, that's an example of sustainable and ethical, compassionate capitalism. I feel like there's a space for that. Um, and you still make a good profit. I don't think you have to be so cutthroat to where you harm the environment or mm-hmm. you put people out of business. Like naturally competition is somebody's going to go out of business. That's going to happen. You're going to get acquired, hostile takeovers. That's the nature, all the nature of the beast. But I think we do need to get to a standard where we're not letting these big tech companies or big companies in general swallow up this mom and pop, you know, operations or small to medium business operations because they make up most of the jobs. Um, and for the most part. Now, my understanding is like you have your whole uh, demand for raising the minimum wage. Mm-hmm. My understanding is that kills the mom and pops stores. Like the big companies, they rejoice when they want to raise the minimum wage because they know the mom and pop stores can't afford that. And so, mm-hmm. boom, there comes that acquisition. Yeah. And um, I, I'm not too sure about that. As far as how I, I feel about big tech threatening the, the mom and pop stores, this is. It's a real tough decision because, um, yeah, it's they do limit competition. But at the same time, I think we we are in this day and age. We need to be thriving off of innovation. So you, we sure. can't expect to be doing the same thing that everyone else is doing or has been doing for the past hundred years and expect to stay in business. Like, if you yes. want to start a small business, you need you need to do something innovative and something new because we've reached a time where where big techs and, and big corporations they can own all the you know the, the common industries that have been dominating for years and so I think people coming up particularly in the tech industry like millions are, are being made every single day they're being made and they're being lost and other companies are acquiring them or you know or they're doing their own thing like uber came out of nowhere yeah has anyone uh, attempted to acquire them i don't think so not acquire them because i know it's uber lyft uh what's the other ride sharing company it's a bunch it's like more now and i think i think uber leads the charge with that yeah I think they have most of the market share on ride sharing. And they came, but here's the thing, ride sharing was not all the thing. We had taxis for ages. Yeah. So ride sharing emerged out of nowhere. And yeah. this is where small businesses are gonna thrive. And then those small businesses will become, you know, organizations, but that's that's what they should be striving for. If you think you're just gonna be like, I'm gonna open up XYZ and sell it on the internet and think you're gonna compete with Amazon and then shame on Amazon because they're, they're doing their thing. Like, the consumers want the lowest prices. Like, Absolutely. People, they want the lowest prices. And they're not going to flex just to, um, you know, to, to support other businesses. Well, that's just, I don't know. That's It's just a real tough call on that mm-hmm. to, to say, like, if we're, we're going to break up tech for, for that reason. But let me, let's look get into some of these questions. Okay. Um, she went at, or let me shoot one at you. Uh, okay. So, what is the biggest concern for breaking up big tech? Like, what would make you want to break it up? Um, a little bit. It's tough because you don't want to impose on capitalism and free will. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do agree with that. We should 
let the system play out or let the market dictate what you know is going to sell or what's going to die off or whatever but maybe offer it's tough because they're already skirting around taxes and stuff but maybe offer technology businesses if they invest in a community will give them longer more tax benefits for a longer period of time say whatsapp they got acquired by facebook right mm-hmm. so the owners of whatsapp say hey listen to keep a competitive advantage in this space we're going to give you these tax benefits blah 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 if you establish a headquarters in this area and keep this many people employed it's an option it's not mandatory but we you know what i'm saying would offer this package to you so you're saying if tech companies as well. opened up headquarters and places where people needed jobs yeah you're saying in return the federal government would provide them i like that that's yeah and then idea. you would work with the state and the city like it should be a coalition it shouldn't be just the feds it should be mm-hmm. like everybody because then you can see the needs of the people in that area you can all be in the room together. Like I think, you know, like a chamber of commerce and like, I'll give you an example, like Indianapolis, Indiana. Mm-hmm. So if you have the head of their chamber of commerce for that city, you would have the company say WhatsApp, you would have the governor, mm-hmm. have a federal representative of the Department of Commerce, I guess, or a federal trade commission. I, don't, I think they kind of fall in line with that IRS maybe. And all you guys will come together and say, hey, listen, this is what we want to do. These are the incentives for you building a headquarters and providing employment for these people that live in this region for X amount of years. And you offer that and you give them a time limit on the offer. Say, hey, listen, you know, um, this offer extends, I don't know, like a week. You got a week to decide or two weeks or whatever the case Okay. Keep it time sensitive because it creates urgency and like you want to move and go to the next company, but you know, around the country. I think you can, I think you can, what do you call it? Kind of like franchise this idea. I don't know. I do that. like the concept. It is pretty cool and it would help to bring jobs to a lot of the towns that are struggling. Now, speaking on that same subject, have you heard of the term superstar cities? No. Like New York City, San Francisco, like pretty much you have these big corporations. A lot of the big corporations, they 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 make their homes in the superstar cities. And most of the talent ends up in New York, San Francisco. I mean, you see Silicon Valley, like all of these major tech hubs, they're focused out there. Now, your idea that would spread them across the United States, which would be pretty cool, pretty diverse. I'm curious to see how that would work out because they they are examples um real quick uh tennessee i believe i know chattanooga maybe memphis nashville got like some little tech boom going there um i think colorado if i remember correctly Mm. the marijuana industry i think obviously austin texas is another area i've heard about austin's um so I think the trend is going what we're describing. I think putting more of an emphasis on it and then also offering incentives for graduates from all these places in state first, get priority. Hey, you move here, work with them. We give you like uh, cut student loans or you give them down payment for their apartment or something mm. to that effect to in- invite talent, to attract talent to these secondary cities or these star cities, I guess you could say. Since you said that might be another concept. I know that they're practicing this theory in different places around the U.S., but I don't think it's highly advertised, especially like the Rust Belt, like Ohio and Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania, some places in that area. Gary, Indiana would be a great place for something like that, like just off the top of my head. How do you think that would reflect with the wages? clearly San Francisco has some of the highest cost of living in the United States. And oh. it's like, um, now if you're adjusting that, because mm-hmm. remember now you're talking about moving companies to other places. Let's just say we do, we move a, a, a prospering tech company to, uh, to somewhere like Flint. Would it, wouldn't that be beneficial to, um, I don't know, to the tech company that they could manufacture their goods a bit more cost effectively? 
Yeah, you would offer like, like you remember when Amazon was looking for their second headquarters. I don't know where they decided yet, but I know they were having a competition. Within New York and somewhere else, right? Yeah. And you would, the state would have to come up with a package Mm. to a tax benefit package because it's going to be all about taxes at the end of the day um, and subsidies and whatnot. Come up with that to attract them and hey, we'll offer this if you stay here X amount of years. Mm. And then we renegotiate after that term is up. Um, so that would be more on the states because you don't want it too much federal oversight. You are going to keep federal in the loop because mm-hmm. of tax reasons because federal does play a role in it but i think that's the easy part actually it's just getting the tech company to go there is going to be the hard part and attracting the talent there is going to be the hard part because you also got you got to build up the infrastructure for these towns that have been abandoned you're right you don't really have public transportation like that more than likely they don't really the housing market could be a little you know so you kind of got to bring like sim city that thing when you bring like um well, that's why I suppose that um, companies should really be, just as the glorious Air Force had dorms, I think they should get into the whole company dorm concept. And not only would you be like living on site, walking distance from your job, this is something you could negotiate into salaries and, and everything as, as compensations. Be like, hey, you got these top-notch dorms, yada, yada, free internet, what have you. Like, you know, it's... um. I think perhaps that should be the future of if these companies are going to migrate, particularly to places with no infrastructure like that. Mm-hmm. They could essentially become superstar cities themselves. Like, yeah, it's, it's just all a possibility. But that's just one aspect of the big tech. I got some more. Questions. Okay, I, I'm gonna throw this out there real quick too. Okay, do you think? Um, make sure I get this right. I had it in my head. I think another thing is, as far as, yeah, you mentioned uh, minimum wage and all that at $15 an hour. I think you should go to, I know that one video you sent me, the guy, uh, Value Tainment or something, mm-hmm. like, where he's talking more like a market value or, yes. a, or a living wage. I think you should do a living wage and let the state determine why, but it's going to be more than a minimum wage, but you got to go based on a geographical area. And that's considering the cost of rent and food and exactly along those lines i I totally agree yeah i think here in orlando like a living wage for somebody that's like me like you would need make close to like 15 dollars an hour or something like that and that's in orlando yeah i had the the privilege of going to um to google in new york city and uh among what massage parlors on each floor and uh you know couches and video games like everywhere one of the perks that i really admired about that place is they had a cafeteria on each floor with free food and i do believe it was 24 hours and they say average employees gain five to 15 pounds within their first like four months working at google Mm -hmm. again that's another incentive for like it's you're you're knocking out lord knows i should probably spend like 600 bucks on on food but that's another incentive that's knocking out uh you know a cost for for your employees as well as providing them food now i will ask this question back at you okay that raised concerns for the employees in the sense that they feel like i'm trying to find a delicate term for this but like more like an indentured servant in a way like everything is provided for you but at what cost to the employee like you know if you're the only thing in town and you have that whole situation like we described set up with the dorms the dry cleaning the laundry the child care all that you become heavily dependent on that then what what about layoffs and downsizing and stuff like that like stuff you can't really foresee or Mm. I, w- I like to think we live in, in a um, a short-term goal economy, short-term goal. A lot of corporations, they're, they're only focused on, on the now and, and their short-term goals the next quarter. But um, you bring up a valid point. But if you're in a, a, a great company like that, mm-hmm. 
you're gonna get skills, you're gonna get experience, and you're gonna have uh, the ability to to reinvent yourself and make sure you're marketable if such an event were to occur. Okay. And um, the whole I want to go back to your indentured servant concept. It's like let's go back to Flint again. What would okay. you say the cost of living allowances out there? Uh, let me look. Oh, Orlando, I just looked it up for Orange County. Uh, it's mm-hmm. twelve seventy. I mean, uh, $12.70 for a living wage. And that's in Orange County where? Orlando, which is like our main county. I'm talking about for Flint, Michigan. All right, I'm going to look it up real quick. Uh, Flint, Michigan, living wage would be, wow, $10.75. $10.75. So say you're paying them $12, right? Gotcha. Which is above the living wage. And then on top of that, you're pretty much paying their rent. And then on top of that, you're giving them food and other incentives along those lines. So let's just say the total package, rent, food, and wages, comes out to like 60, let's just say 60K, right? It's what it costs the company. But if you were in San Francisco, you'd be paying like 90, 100K for the same thing. I think it's that type of deal would work out good for the company because they saved a boatload of money and then you you increase the living wage and you provided mad incentives for um for the people in, in these towns that, that really need it because i'm very confident like these these higher companies they can pay far more than uh than the, the living wage and provide benefits on top of that as well I think tech would probably be the first industry that would try a lot of this stuff out that we're talking about because of their deep pockets, basically. Deep pockets, but also their innovative thinking, like Apple University. And I do believe Google has a a school as well just to teach their employees. Like those are really cool concepts that I I think that um, more tech companies should should experiment with. That's one aspect of it. Um, another, we're on the subject of big tech. It's like um, people are concerned about Facebook being too large, and they particularly want to break that up. And they're saying there's like, can, here's a question for you. Okay. What social media platform, if any, and we can't include Instagram because Facebook owns Instagram. WhatsApp too. They own WhatsApp. And, Even though they're not really social media, but they kind of fall under social media. Oh yeah, it's underneath their umbrella. Yeah. But what could compete with Facebook? It sucks because we had competitors. Like when we had uh, MySpace. MySpace and I think we should have let them compete. Like, I don't know, man. It would have to be just another platform, maybe be more niche based, hmm. maybe by community. Like, particularly with the groups. Yeah, That's but I'm saying I'm like a tech company, like, uh, like uh, for Indian Americans, like you know how you used to have like Black Planet, Mayente uh, for the Latinx community. Um, I could see that playing a role. I mean, well, we got LinkedIn. They're their own thing for professionals, so... That's for professionals. I'm talking about for dumb, mindless entertainment and sharing yeah. pictures, whatever, and, and, a, and everything else that in between that people use Facebook for. What is equivalent? What is nearly equivalent to that? The fact that we're struggling with it, yeah, I would it shows say, that like, there's very little competitive space I would say in, in, in the room arena. Data apps are, but they have their purpose. Facebook is so general because yeah. it technically could be a dating app. I guess Twitter, they still remain independent. I suppose you're right. Twitter is uh, outside the umbrella of... Um, yeah, so what is their affiliation with? The, there's no affiliation with Instagram? Because Instagram allows you to post to Facebook, which I get it, they're, they're sisters, brothers and sisters, but yeah. it also allows you to post to Tumblr and to Twitter. Like on I one Tumblr single or post. The other one is like a niche social media. Okay. I'm trying to look at Twitter ownership because you raised an interesting question. 
Uh, Twitter co-founder F. Williams remains the company's largest shareholder with 46.56 million shares for a 6.9 stake. The investment might seem like a major stamp of approval for Dorsey, who's named Twitter's permanent CEO. Wow, I know that. So they're saying who currently owns Twitter. Jack Dorsey, co-founder of Twitter and Square Incorporated. Um, Square is that pay of... Um, yeah. So it's like three Twitter shareholders that own most of it. Um, interesting. This is stuff I didn't know. Ev, Evan Clark Williams, I think Jack Dorsey, and like I think a Saudi, somebody from Saudi Arabia, I think. Let me see. Peter Fenton. Um, I guess he's from like a hedge fund or something like that. Capital okay. investment. So it's like, yeah, they're probably like the only ones that's outside of Facebook is doing their own thing. Even though they're all they can go across all platforms, obviously, like you mentioned. Now they Facebook, Facebook never tried to acquire them? I think they probably have, but I think Jack Dorsey is kind of like, nah, that's not gonna happen. Well, here's the thing: is like, so many politicians use Twitter, so I see it having its own power in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. I'm trying to see. Google and Twitter have agreed to an acquisition deal. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like back from 2017. So Google has acquired most of Twitter's developer products. Uh, oh, okay, so ODO is the parent company. Of Twitter? Twitter. Yeah. Um, which Twitter created? Launches as a product of parent company, ODO, I guess. So no, not, not uh, Facebook or anything like that. That's a quick research. We're trying to keep our searches really quick so we don't mess up the pace with this thing. <laughs> yeah, really. So, but um, at least from that quick research, you've seen there's really, Twitter would, would arguably be the closest thing to compete yeah. with, uh, with Facebook. And it has some of the capabilities. You can share videos, share pictures, and then... I don't know. I just think Facebook has more reach, and from it does. Just once they bought Instagram and WhatsApp, mm-hmm. their their reach exploded because they had a market. Both of those companies had a market share that Facebook didn't have. Yes, you're right. So that's a good question, but due to all these outages and everything, that's the reason why I really downloaded Twitter again because Instagram's been having a lot of outages. I'm not sure about Facebook, but they got all the privacy concerns and they're under tremendous heat from the government and also from investors and people that use Facebook. So I guess what about people paying for the service to get their privacy back or to get a cut of the information we provide on these social platforms? I've been seeing that being kicked around in big tech. You're saying user gets paid for using Facebook? I don't like that. Yeah, because because they're giving away their information, their preferences. That's all marketing, data mining, all that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So I think to maybe incentivize people using it and make people feel more invested, they should start offering that. And I know they do it if you get a certain amount of subscribers, but that model is becoming more it's becoming more challenging for the person trying to grow their brand and platform so i'd say that's the next logical step in order for them to at least kind of like involve uh, the consumer a lot more i don't know what do you think um i do have a question as far as like well, actually, I have two questions for you. Okay. So for the payment one, like, how would you, let's just say you, you found your way on the Facebook staff. Like, how would you, give me a high-level overview of how that would work. Like, what would you have to do to earn $1? Good question. I really threw the theory out. Mm-hmm. 
No, I mean, I like it. I do like it from a technical perspective. So, I mean, I could throw you my idea. Okay, yeah, because uh, okay. I've, I've heard a video and seen a video talking about that, like how these tech giants need to start basically rewarding their consumers by using setting up the profile, all the information they give. So I was going based on something I saw, and I thought it was an interesting concept. So there is hey, a, um, there's an app that I used to use. I, the, I don't even recall the name of it, but more or less it was you walk around, you just walk around, get your steps, get your steps, and then they pay you. Mm. Oh, I have pay you because it was like it was for your health data. Yeah. So it was like because they're getting your you're voluntarily giving your health data, they're paying you. It's pennies. Like you literally got to do it for like years to uh-huh. get a, a, a sound return. But it's like, um, it's free. You get paid for walking around. And then a lot of the people at my job were doing it. And then one gentleman was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I was like, why? Like, He's like, well, really, he's like, you don't get anything for free. I'm like, yeah. He's like, because they're taking your data. Yeah. Like, mm, that's an interesting perspective. But at the same time, the same thing is occurring with Facebook. But people are not getting paid for it. So, yeah, I could totally see that. And I would totally be for, for that. And um, I don't know. It it would be difficult to because uh, every interaction that you do on Facebook, it's mm-hmm. a data point. It's like, oh, yeah. if you like this thing, it lets you know that hey, you like this type of material. But how that money is made from there, it, it's it's tough to say. But um, I think you know, the people are entitled to a percentage of it. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I think um, I had something on my brain. I can't think of it right now. We'll come back to it, but um, that's a, that's something that should be explored. Another thing, oh, yeah, I just thought about this. So what big tech can do, mainly for the social medias, is make everything more user-friendly in the sense of deleting profiles and deleting pictures mm. and deleting histories. I, I know that's part of their technique and their marketing and the psychology behind keeping you hooked on these things. But I think that might be a time, this might be a time to offer, hey, we'll make this simple for you to delete your profile and all this because we believe in your right to privacy and your right for choice. What do you think about that? Will they ever get a time where they're gonna do that? They seem to pride themselves on archiving. And it's like, once you have something on there, it's like, I'm pretty sure it's laid out and put it on there. It's ours for life. Like yeah. you can't delete like pictures from the internet. Like when you post something, it, it's pretty yeah. much on there as an as an archive. You can find it somewhere on Google. But as uh, to have that capability, I know Facebook is like when you want to delete their um, your profile, it's like it's a temporary delete. It's a soft delete. So yeah. it's like all your information is not purged from their database it's there because they're either counting on you to come back or they're very confident that you know that you're, you're gonna do that so yeah i think they should have that uh, that ability but at the same time from a legal perspective if it's all outlined in the terms and conditions that no one reads it's technically all fair but as should i mentioned no one, no one reads that one thing with tech is what i would like to legislate or is make the user terms more user friendly mm. make it so short. less legal less legal jargon yeah cover everything in one or two pages like that's yeah, your they mission should cover that's everything your in like one or two lines like for instance if that's you're saying, it. um like yo your data is going to be used for xyz that should just be black and white like you said and and, and even one or two pages is more than people are going to read yeah but that's true even if you can reduce it to one line like warning blah 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 and so it'd be a key indicator about the the use of their data that would be sufficient um, uh, um i yeah. have another question for you on uh, as far as uh big tech uh, i told you that one of my concerns particularly is with the artificial intelligence and okay computers do you think there should be a and yes a federally mandated coming from the feds yeah. a constitution that's governing the use of artificial intelligence and quantum computers now remember what i told you how quantum computers can just be like 
boom, you can knock out freaking encryptions and, and penetrate systems like like it's nothing. And artificial intelligence, you know, people would practically build Skynet. Should there be some mandated federal guidelines and rules that are um, controlling the production of artificial intelligence? Because here's what you got to consider. Okay. If you have an, a, an artificial intelligence system, and it's buggy, meaning it has defects, it's, it's not like 100% sound, and then it's on the internet, it's a wrap. Like, yeah. you're, you're not going to be able to shut that thing off. So, again, I, I re-asked my question, should there be some sort of federal guidelines for every corporation or, or entity producing quantum computers and artificial intelligence? I take it a step further. We need to have just a technology bill of rights and constitution. Mm, I like that. Just go ahead and boom, just go ahead and knock that out because our technology is so rapidly changing. We need to go ahead and just lay all this down, even with crime, like yeah. how they charge cybercrime. Like they're still figuring that part out. How do you charge somebody for, I don't know, uh, taking money from this institution? How do you charge them fairly for that? You know, okay, do they pay so restitution? You just, you just gave me a very instant, I'm taking a note on this right now, that this is going to be a whole different episode, so perhaps I can get another technical SME, and we yeah. can draft the technical Bill of Rights. Yeah, technical okay. constitution and Bill of Rights. Yeah, it's that time. Like, technology is so integral in our life now. I, so I couldn't agree with you more, particularly as it's touching um, every aspect of it. There's a system at my day job that we use is SAP. SAP yeah, yeah. is pretty much, they, they started in Germany. We use SAP at my job too. But what do you guys use SAP for? We use it for our handheld computer and our database system for, we just switched over this year to it. I forgot what old system we had. Uh, I can't remember the operating system we used to have, but we do use it for a lot of uh, aspects very of versatile. Yeah. We use it. It's our main backbone for our enterprise system. It for, is our, our company. Channel. So we do our pay, we do our timesheets through that. Um, they actually track customer data through that. And mm -hmm. then SAP interfaces with other systems mm -hmm. as well. So when you're looking at SAP, and as you mentioned, you're using it in, in your job. People are using it in finance. They're using it in logistics. They're using it in everything. And, and I'm only using SAP as an example, but say there was an artificial intelligence that did such the same thing and it, it connected to everything. And it, it's just like something was quirky. Something was off with it. And you just got to think of the, the facets of, of society that could, it could impact. Yeah. And because of this, I, I couldn't agree with you more that we need a, uh, a technical constitution and, and bill of rights. That is uh, a fantastic idea, man. It's, and this uh, is coming from somebody that's not techie at all. Like, I embrace technology at my own pace, but yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking, you know what popped in my head was uh, iRobot, Minority mm -hmm. Report, and uh, Stealth. Those three movies popped in my head since I like movies. And I was thinking about the problems they had in each movie. Mm. Like the drone flying itself, how that joint just took over and stealth. All Autonomous, yeah, I do recall that movie. Jamie yeah. Foxx was in there? Yeah, him and uh, I think Jessica Biel. And then you had I Our Robot with Will Smith with the laws of artificial intelligence. Like how the creator was like, yo, I know this can go left. Let me go ahead and install all this and all these robots. And then Minority Report, like with presenting, uh, preventing crime before mm -hmm. it happens, going off of analytics. Mm. So, you data, know, yeah, I see that. I think those three movies kind of encapsulate the reason why we need to bring this conversation up now. So I couldn't agree more. Those are the movie, uh, the concepts are, are totally uh, on there. My biggest movie scenario is the the terminator sky that scenario and um there's there is always the potential i mean we build simple applications now my game for instance on the the apple store and the google play it has bugs and it's a simple program when you're talking about building something far more complicated and and handling so many decisions and, and commands and 
there's the potential for defects and, and for bugs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a scary concept. Now, do you think we could manage that with a government agency? Like, we yeah. have a cyber command. Yeah, we do. Yeah, but I want a, an entire force. Yeah. Like, I do believe Israel has an entire cyber force. Like, they I have an so army of coders and programmers and everything to handle. But And I think America needs that, too, I given think, the way that technology is going. I think we kind of do. Would that be the, the office? NSA. Okay, so the NSA, the Air Force has their cyber command. The Marines uh-huh. have their, in the Army, they have theirs as well. Maybe the Navy's playing ball with them. But my understanding, they all work with the NSA and maybe another a- agency. But right. again, that's a command. It's not that's quite true. its own force, and that's what I, I want. It, independently from the, independently from the Air Force, the Army, and the, the, and the Navy, I want it to be its own cyber force. They would have their own uniforms yeah. and everything along that nature. But it would be to um, one prepare for artificial intelligence getting out, getting crazy, or a foreign nation using artificial intelligence or quantum computer attacks and uh, also how to roll back because remember what we said about that system integrating with every facet of society if it crashes like for instance a blackout right a nationwide blackout is catastrophic yeah The, the, the results that would occur from after that would be pretty bad but a system malfunctioning of artificial intelligence could be even more severe Okay. And that's why we have to have some sort of force online to uh, to be on standby for rollback procedures and, and, and how to combat and mitigate any damages. Mm-hmm. I, I think, think this would be an untapped market for economy growth, too. Yes, like we're I just totally talking agree. about with big tech, yo. I was just thinking about that as we're talking. I'm like, yo, you could put these places all over the U.S., like Wyoming, Montana. Um, I'm thinking of all these places that got like a lot of land and less people, but you can kind of spread it all out. So we have every part of the U.S. covered. Well, what I like about it is you could actually, this could actually be a remote type of, uh, Mm, because that's true too. You can, uh, I don't want to say quite work from home. You got to have some sort of oversight, but I mean, you can do digital oversight Mm. and, um, it's something to consider. It will create jobs Mm because it's like, you're talking about. What? How many people would you say are in the United States Air Force? In the Air Force, what, like a we're bit? the smallest branch, so I would oh, say 200k, right? Me Maybe 200,000. Air Force. Active duty. Active duty numbers. Yeah. Uh, Maybe even 100k. Active duty personnel. Let me see. Uh. About 321,444 active duty airmen. Okay. So that's not bad. I, I, yeah. would, I would like about 150K. Okay. So that's 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 already you have some jobs for there, but you know we're going to have contractors supporting them. So that's going to be additional jobs. And then what other supporting staff that you need to, to support a, a, an entire military branch? But 150,000 uh men and women and of course that's free technical training so when they're done from the service you know sky's the limit uh, i'm quite confident google and, and facebook and all those other conglomerates are going to snatch them up yeah yeah, yeah. Well, um would that does homeland security and like the fbi and all these guys pretty much fall under that right now under, currently under our cyber command i don't think so like or give do, me one i know moment. they have their own right they all have their own um, Fort Meade. Yeah. Is the NSA headquarters, but hold on, let me just type in Cyber Command and see what pops up on Wikipedia to give a really great overview. Okay, so United States Cyber Command is one of the ten unified commands of the United States Department of Defense. It unifies the direction of cyberspace operations, strengthens DOD cyberspace capabilities, and integrates with the bolsters DOD cyber expertise okay so just give me one moment we'll take a a look at who's in the cyber command okay so cyber command was created in the mid 2019 by the nsa national security agency as i mentioned they um they're kind of that's their charge on this and they're based out of fort george meade in maryland underneath that 
their mission. Okay, so their organization. I, they work with the Army Cyber Command, United States Army Intel and Security Command. Okay. Um, they work with Fleet Cyber Command with the Navy. It's Navy, yeah. And then the Air Force Cyber, 24th Air Force. They work with them and also the 67th Cyberspace Wing, the 688th Cyberspace Wing, and they also work with the Marine Corps Cyber Command. So there you see it, you have the NSA in addition to four other branches that are making up one unified command. Okay. I want to take that and make it a force. I don't want it to be a, a command. I want it to be one budget, boom, just allocated to, to this. Because when you have all these different pots, say again. In the estimation, if we got it up and running, all that up and running, mm -hmm. how much would the yearly budget be? You think? Let's um, let's let's take a look at that. Let's see if we can find those numbers. Um, cyber team background. If it's not on here, I want to see the cost. I'll just type in cost. Okay. Leadership. See also no, I don't see it on here. So let me go back. And let's just type in Cyber Command budget. Okay, I may be able to get it for 2018. What the budget request explain? Okay, budget defense. Okay, Cyber Command requested approximately 647 million for fiscal 2018, due mostly to its additional funding need for. Yeah, so that's, I would say that's reasonable. Considering okay. 647 million, considering we're spending like what? What 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 was the price of the F sixteen when you were in? Was it about sixteen mil? Something like that, yeah. No, what like, about the Raptor? The Raptor was like it was like hundred a couple hundred million, I think. Yeah, so I do recall it being like almost a quarter billion for one. Yeah, F twenty two Raptor costs. I'm gonna look that up. Um it's three hundred and 34 million. Wow. Well, no, huh? So one, yeah, 334 million. Now, I, I, I do believe that the price of the third, the F-35s went down as well. They used to be pretty pricey, and then that, that I guess there's some sort of deal that was struck with the reduced the price. Yeah. But anyways, I only bring up that to, to, to show an analogy of military spending, how you have 300 million for one aircraft. Granted, it's a stealth fighter, that has nuclear tactical nuclear capabilities and it can go through you know stealth mode and all that good stuff but at the same time an entire command is operating off of 647 million so or at least they requested two planes yeah yeah you really wow. oh so we can redistribute from israel before <laughs> we give them to run this command so there it goes i mean that could really fund the and you wouldn't even you could fund several commands with um, what you're what you're paying down there, but um, another thing I would I would say a solid seven, a solid seven hundred mil. Okay. But I would like maybe seven seven fifty is what I would like to at least to launch and, and start the command. But here's the thing, you would really be taking the cyber command, and then taking their same mission, and then just annexing it into an entire force. So you'd have some of the same structure. I don't know how the NSA would, would come into play as far as like, um, I don't want to say rank, because I would like a, a, a military member leading in charge of that command. But um, I, I, I think it would save costs. We, we mentioned about consolidating the forces yeah. before. Before yeah. we attempt to do that, let's try to do it with on a smaller scale with the cyber command. And make it its own force and, and then see how that works and then i suppose you would have to convert a lot of those those core members into that whatever rank structure would be underneath there i guess i was going to ask the question how would you set it up geographically mm -hmm. again would you i think do, so like uh southeast region a mid-atlantic region uh, as, as, as far as commands yeah Mm, that's a really good question because here's what you must consider like whereas um PACAF, they have the capability to strike targets in the, the pacific mm -hmm. european command they have the capability to strike targets within europe but 
the cyber command, you can be right here. You can be anywhere in the world and strike targets anywhere in the world. So essentially, I would say the globe would be the theater, would be the constant theater. At the same time, you would have resources. As we mentioned before, it's kind of a remote job, a work from home job. It's not a job you need to to be boots on the ground for. It's, um, they could be all over the place. But if to answer your question, I would only say that the, the theater, the area operation, would be one command would be the globe but i suppose you could break it down into sectors if you have a lot of uh things going on in different regions okay um i'm trying to think what else we got in big tech this is interesting i didn't see this going this way but now it's all kind of connected well, let me see I, I may have one more question for you ai based concern okay so this is kind of bouncing back to, I mean, it was really fun discussing the, the cyber force, but uh, let's pivot back to the whole civilian sector. Okay. So how do we keep the entities separate? Considering how tech and social media are all linked in, like say you did, say you, you, you broke up Facebook, right? And now WhatsApp is once again, a independent entity and um, Instagram is now independent. Like how do you, what happens then? Like, how do you how do you, how do you, you keep them separate? Incentivize. That's the only thing that's gonna motivate these people to stay independent. Um. Well, let me let me re-specify my question. So it's like, okay. say, it's Mark Zuckerberg, gotcha. and he has he owns Facebook, but Facebook no longer owns WhatsApp, but Mark does. Hmm. And then he owns Instagram. And this is just a scenario. Like So meaning he's a high shareholder in those companies, even though he doesn't own them anymore. Let's go with that scenario. Okay. Like what then what? It sucks because you don't want to be like state run, like, hey, you have to do this because it's free enterprise. That's the whole point of having that system. <sighs> I don't know, man. That's tough. The only thing you think of is tax breaks and like, that's the only thing that's going to talk, man. That's the only thing I can think of. Like, hey, listen, for you to remain independent, this is our deal. Like, if you stay independent, Mm -hmm. we'll cut these taxes and, you know, blah, blah, blah. We'll put or come to a partnership of helping build up wherever you're like headquartered at so say flint we were using flint use the tax money to invest in that area like infrastructure along with the government somehow like put everybody working together but then incentivize the person ceo or the founder or whatever somehow mm-hmm. i don't know what but this is just all the stuff rattling my head you gotta make it enticing um reward them for staying in this area investing in this area that's the only thing i can think of man bottom line because that's i don't know i'm sure that's something we can finesse yeah like definitely as far as like hey like negotiate certain uh certain type of deals to stay in the location because i totally agree with you and already foresee benefits for the companies as we mentioned before like cost of living a lot less over here True. like you can build up this um you, you you can build up this city and it can be google town it can be you know whatever because that city will thrive around your company yeah, so yeah. That's, that's one yeah. way to look at it yeah that's true um okay i ask you this question okay. what, what do you think I, i'm gonna ask you kind of like all three because they all kind of go within each other Okay. Ask it like, I'll give you some space in between. So what are the benefits of big tech? What is the future of big tech in America, in your opinion? And then Mm. how has big tech affected your life? Okay, so the benefits of big tech. Let's just uh, nail that out. Facebook is, uh, say what you, you, you will about it. It's a remarkable platform. Like okay. to, to truly consider that like what one out of seven people 
are on Facebook. So there's about a billion daily users. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome way to connect with people from around the world. I I would say it is one of the most useful tools to help me stay connected with my military friends, my friends across the globe, and and just to maintain a social network. Mm-hmm. I think it makes it a, it's very easy for that. It's a very great platform to receive a lot of information that's coming through there. It's a amazing how much news and current events you can that's coming through that platform you got you what was the next question okay uh what's the future of big tech in america in your opinion mm. the future of big tech now are we talking about social media or you want to like see just the, in the, general the grand scale oh, yeah. um so let's do it um this is a very high level view of it but um Amazon is going to kill um, brick and mortar stores. Mm, That's yeah. period. It's um, um yeah, it's it's yeah. going to um, you're talking about the malls and, and everything. All the malls that are closing over America. I do believe that's a direct result of Amazon. Now, not self-driving cars are going to come along. That's going to change the game. When we're talking about, we now have two-day shipping with Amazon. Once it becomes to one day shipping, forget it. Are you gonna sit in line, stand in line uh, in the in the mall, and you know, no, you're gonna order everything online. It may even get reduced to one hour shipping. Yeah. That, I foresee that becoming a reality. So that aspect of big tech, Amazon and e-commerce stores becoming um totally killing retail. Mm-hmm. I foresee that. So that's an aspect of, of big tech that's sure to come in the near future. Um, Amazon even got into groceries. Yeah, they had oh, that whole uh, no checkout type of thing. Yeah. You just pick the stuff up and run out. And somehow I don't recall the technology behind it, but it knows you paid for it and who paid for it. That's, I think it's RFID tags and the RFID merchandise, chips. and then you have an app or something to go with that store. Your Amazon app. Okay. It's all tied in together somehow. I think that's the basic concept. That's a part of the future as well. Now, we, we kind of nailed consumerism and um, how you say retail, the death of retail. Now, as far as social media, mm-hmm. um, we're only getting more and more involved into that. Who could say where that's going to evolve in the next yeah, 10 uh, to 10, 15 years? Um, they're going to be more powerful. I would definitely see that. Um, as far as marketing, I see more money getting pumped into social media. Influencers <laughs> are, are definitely going to become critical to selling, to buying and selling, selling things. Like it's the the days of conventional commercialism. It, it's they're they're going to die. Where it's just like, hey, we're going to interrupt your time interrupt yeah. your, your your tv or whatever so you we can force this ad down your throat i don't I see it going away from that more so to it's like hey you're watching you're watching your favorite podcast upgrade america hey like buy this kombucha whatever like or not even so blatant not even so obvious it would be like you're doing your social media thing but there's sponsored social media posts and the ads would just be so surreptitiously fuse into there and that would be gotcha. an advertisement uh what's that other thing that they're doing um i think you mentioned it where it's like you can sell products from your um from your your social media page or something um Did you say it's you mentioned something along that line and through amazon um i'm trying to think what was it is it, it like arrow? What, what was it for, or anything? It can be anything. I believe. What are? What is the term they're using for it? Not is blockchain. Like, is it not blockchain? Or no, no, blockchain is with the oh currencies. Drop shipping. My understanding is like Alibaba type stuff. Yeah. I'm just thinking of all the stuff I kind of know. That's not really my realm. I'm just. I can't really think of it. Oh man, I'm trying to think. It's like you're promoting a project. A product and you would have the link in the description of your um or your post or whatever and then when the users click on your on the link you would get paid for it 
Oh, I forgot what that's called. And it's totally slipping my mind. I, I do remember. It's not, uh, not search engine optimization, but no. same line. It's like similar, but you getting paid. Like, ah, I forgot what that's called now. I have I mean, no it, idea. Pay for clicks, something. No, so SEO is more or less it's like you're using keywords so people can find you on the internet. Okay, all right. This is called, man. Influencer mark is it influential mark influential marketing? Let me type it in for Amazon influencer marketing. What is that called? Yeah, that's an interesting concept. So I would call it influential marketing for now. Okay. So I can figure out something else from along those lines. I see that being big in in the future as far as that because that's. That's something that uh, that's really booming right now, mm-hmm. and the FEC is actually FEC. No, is it FTC or SEC? I think it's the FTC, the Federal, yeah, Federal Trade, Trade, Trade Commission, because it's like um, again, well, let's use us as the example. If we're promoting a product or something like that, we have to have it written within here that we're doing some sort of advertisement that we got paid to promote it. You know, um, yeah, this is a paid promotion by blah blah blah. I got now, what I noticed on Instagram is a lot of celebrities or influencers, rather. And I'm not even sure if this is a policy or if mm. they're just doing it because they're not getting paid for it. But they would have on like a Nike hoodie or something like that, but they'll have a post it note over the logo. Mm, so you okay. can't see what they're you can't see what they're wearing. I'm not sure if it's because of some guidelines that have been, uh, some recent guidelines that have been put out or they're just not getting paid for it. I don't know. But yeah. I see that being in the future of, uh, of tech, of, of big tech, but tech is going to take over the world, man. Mm-hmm. Like, the, at the end of the day, as I mentioned, artificial intelligence, that's going to be in every single industry. Self-driving cars, that's going to be, it's, it's going to be on there. But the, the future is tech. And that's where we really need to be shifting Americas towards getting more technical. We need to be put some attention on our legislation towards legislating this future technology and just preparing for the um, the offset that's going to happen when when jobs are lost. Because in accordance with capitalism, that's what you're supposed to do. You're, mm-hmm. you're supposed to utilize um, how do you say technology and all these resources to cut costs to drive down the price of production and then still sell it for a reasonable price to make that profit. So in accordance with capitalism, technology is, is, is gonna rule and we need to be prepared for that. I guess the last question I got for you is how has big tech affected your life? Oh man, me personally? Well, um, as I mentioned in my endeavors, I'm running for president of the United States. And if I were to do so in the 1980s without technology, it would be very difficult for me to uh, get the message across. I mean, even with technology, it's tough, but yeah. I have more of a voice than I would have had in another decade, in another time. And me, as the question pertains to myself, it's mm-hmm. it's given me a, a voice for uh, as far as Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, things of those natures. These are social outlets to reach the world. And that's that's a great advent. Um, it's a great tool to, that to have and take advantage of. Um, these are interesting questions I'm thinking about as you're responding to them. I could say the benefits of big tech is just innovation, mm. connectivity, like you mentioned. Um, you could think of things like the Arab Spring, that movement when that popped off in 2011. Um, you could think of police brutality. You could think oh, of- Oh yeah, the whole- It just affects every facet of life. You could think about religion, you could think about politics, how everything's been amplified and you're able to learn. I've learned more history on social media than in school. Wow. Like so, that's one aspect that's pretty fascinating. I want to circle back to that. Mm-hmm. So on that same question, uh, I want to ask you a question about that. And it's okay. kind of pivoting into education, but hey, we're at the end of the episode. We cover okay. big tech. This is a bonus for you guys. So, education's getting slashed. It's no secret. Now, considering big tech and exactly what you just said about mm-hmm. learning more through social media, 
about history than in, in conventional schools. Do you foresee that you could do online distance learning education for our standard school? Yeah, that's coming, man. It would cut. Here's the thing: it would cut so much cost for um, paying for facilities and all that other good stuff, and you could reach more kids. You could teach more kids. But yeah, that's something to consider. Yeah, we'll we'll say that for the next episode. Suppose you're right. When I I have my educational specialist. Yep. Hey, well, thank you, America and whole wide world, for hanging in and talking big tech with us. Stay tuned for the next episode, and don't forget to uh, <laughs> donate to the Cameron Rod 2020 yeah, presidential campaign. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yo, you too is you too as well. <laughs> don't forget. Yeah. You got any closing remarks? Nah, I think this is a very enlightening in, uh, conversation. I'm very technology technology. Ah, I can't talk, but I'm very technical cautious okay. word. I don't not like technology I'm just always cautious because of all the ethical concerns and adverse events that could happen that's what always you mean by I'm cautious I'm willing to embrace new technology and mm-hmm. know that it's coming like there's nothing you can do about it you cannot stay in the stone age but I'm also just right. always cautious because of privacy safety like yes. just the human things basic needs of all right is this going to be safe like how to how does my data play in it is um do i got to worry about broadcasting my location i mean i mean basically all this stuff is happening anyway but with each new technology you have a new set of challenges or things that might come up that you have to prepare for absolutely so i think that's always my uh, dilemma for technology like and plus it moves so fast it's like oh we can do that now like most of the time I'm saying that to somebody oh we can do that now like, well, thank god we will be fast. drafting the um, the technology the technological bill of rights and constitution yeah dude I think that's an ingenious idea man like it's one thing to regulate AI, but all technology, considering how it's integrating so yeah. much in society, I think it's a must. Yeah. And we may have a, a new amendment into the Constitution. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be dope. That's all I got. And once again, everybody, thanks for hanging out. Peace. Peace.